Welcome to Upfront, the podcast. I'm Katie Hannan. This week I'm talking to Becky Lynch. Becky is one of the biggest stars in the world of professional wrestling and is set to perform in front of over 90,000 fans at the SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles at WrestleMania this weekend. She has over 6 million Instagram followers and is widely credited with changing perceptions about women in the historically male-dominated industry. And I started by asking her how a girl from Baldoyle got interested in wrestling. Um, as long as I can remember, I was I was I was a fan of wrestling, or at least wrestling was in the background of our house. And I had I had a, an older brother, so he's really the person that I attribute all all of this to, because he'd be watching it, and he was watching it, you know, at the the height of Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and um, Mick Foley, and uh, I would I would kind of walk past the TV and then I get sucked in and then I want to know what happened next and that's really where my love for it started I mean my love for it started probably with Hulk Hogan and when I was seven but but when I got a little bit older um like I'm talking 12 13 14 that was when that was when I really developed an interest in it and uh when I found out they were opening a school in Bray County Wicklow I was like oh I, I want I want to do that. I'd already decided that I wanted to get on the straight and narrow and start working out and being healthy, but I was a little alternative kid. And so doing something conventional wasn't really up my alley. I was looking for like kickboxing or something. I was also an angsty kid, so something I could kind of take my aggression in. And so when I found out they were open, I was like, oh, well, that's it. That's the thing. That's the thing. And then I'd never been good at anything. I'd never been good at anything really and um I'd never wanted to be good or wanted to be better at anything but as soon as I started that it was it was it was a drive that I hadn't experienced before and I was like oh this is this is what it's like to have a passion and again that school was there were, were there a lot of girls in that school was it no I was the only one the only one I was the only one and um I actually think that worked to my benefit because I was, I was, uh, I was, you know, an insecure, underconfident kid. And I think because I was so bad and I was so God awfully bad that if I saw a bunch of other women that were really good, I might've been intimidated. Um, but I was awful, but I was the only girl. And so I feel like, uh, like I, I, I could console myself that I'm not bad. I'm just at a different athletic capability than these men are currently. You know what I mean? Like I'm just a little bit weaker and a little bit slower, but but I'll catch up eventually, you know. And so um, I made those allowances for myself, which at the time kind of helped. But then when I got signed to WWE and I was in NXT, and there were all these women with this athleticism that I'd never seen before when I was comparing myself and I was like oh oh I'm bad <laughs> oh I, I'm not as good as I thought I was but it drove me to be even better and I arrived at, at, at the perfect time with the perfect women there was a group of us that they they called the four horsewomen of NXT and we all just wanted to be the best and we wanted to change the game and I think that level of competition just just drove us so that we could change the game in the way that we did, I suppose. I think perhaps for 
listeners, we will have listeners who won't be familiar with the WWE. We need to explain to them like how huge you are, like that you are kind of a big deal. You are, you're kind of a big deal. You are wrestling royalty. You are the messy of of the wrestling world. That that's fair enough, isn't it? Um, just go on. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I've, uh, I've been lucky enough to 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 be in a spot where um where where I've been able to change um the way that people view women in in, in sports or or in um sports entertainment in wrestling, and um I was the first woman to main event the re- main event WrestleMania, which is our big event of the year. That's like our Super Bowl. And uh, in 35 years, it had never been done before. And even when I got signed, I don't think anybody thought it was ever going to be done. It was just the the position that, that females were at that point. And, and not due to their own inability, but just... just the culture yeah, of, just of the, wrestling just at that time. Just the culture of wrestling at the time. And, and we because came in and Women we were seen it. as decorations, really. Decorations, an attraction... Um, Usually there would be one token women's match on a card and, and, and we've thrown all that out the window. And even the say, the wet t-shirt company, all of that, that element of it, does that persist even even with, you know, the stature that you have now gained within no. the industry? No, that, no. Is that gone, gone? No, that, that's gone. Yeah, the, the gone are the days of the wet t-shirt competitions and the bra and panties matches and the mud wrestling matches. Yeah, that's all gone. And and we're just seen as wrestlers, as characters, as storytellers, as athletes in our own right. Okay, let me talk to me about that. Because again, people will be listening to this, they won't understand what is what is wrestling. What is wrestling? Wrestling is the... How does it work is what I want to know. Oh, okay. How does it work? Well now how much that's can a you whole tell different me about that's how a whole works. different yeah. that's a whole different deal. But essentially it's um it's telling stories through a different medium, right? Like I think of myself as an artist. I think of the craft of wrestling as an art. And that art is to elicit an emotional response. And we do that in the moves that we do and the story that we tell in the ring. And essentially, it's it's the oldest story of, of time. It is, good there's, bad there's a good guy, a bad guy and good must prevail over evil. And how do we do that? And how do we get the people invested in wanting their hero to succeed? How do we take them on a journey? And it, it's every single movie. It's every single movie. And wrestling is that. It is the beginning. Everything's going so great for the good guy. And then it all fall up, falls apart and the villain is taken over. But but the good guy gets some hope in there and you think it's going to go well and all of a sudden it all comes crashing down and then it's the it's the finale and the sequel and then what you always want is a happy ending maybe you you won't get it but but that's the story that we tell over time eventually you'll get that happy ending and that's what we want the audience to want and it's a, it's just a, a a beautiful thing and there's not another industry like it and I love it there absolutely is, and I'm. <clears throat> I was watching wrestling, watching you, and watching uh, wrestling. At, you know, I wouldn't have been a fan up to this, but it's just extraordinary. Like the the athleticism that you require, and some of those moves. And I know, as we say, it's storytelling. So it's you know, there's choreography in there, there's scripting in there. But if you miss your mark, like you could be in real trouble, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, of course. And so you know. 
the the word that gets thrown around a lot is fake and we don't use we don't like to use that um that term because because it hurts you know and i think when people say fake then then it kind of diminishes the work that we put in and there it, there's there's no stop to this grind it's 52 weeks a year it's uh four days on the road sometimes more and and the 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 level of damage that it does to our body but also we're constantly having to be creative of how how do we tell these stories how do we keep people invested and so we're going through a lot and, and not to mention that all of this is done live all of this is done live these are huge um stunts sometimes that are being performed live on tv in front of millions of, millions people. of people we're worrying about camera angles we're worrying about uh what time we have to go to break what time we have to get to a commercial what time we have to finish and there's all of these things that come into it and it is such a craft and it is such an art and when it is done well there is absolutely nothing like it and so and and so that's why when people say fake, well, don't diminish what we do. Is can you improv at all within oh, that, or you can improv oh, within it? So there is that element as well. So yeah. you have a kind of a rough script to get from A to B to C, but within that, things can happen that you don't expect. Well, because it's a live show and we're in front of a live audience, and so if if. If the audience is is wanting to go one way, but you're like, no, I'm sticking to my plan, then you're we'll losing the audience. You're losing the audience, and you can hear, and that's the great thing about it being live, is that is that you get to veer off course, and I think that's when some of the best stuff happens. You know, it's just fascinating. And if you are the good guy, yeah, the, the term there's a term, babyface, the, yes. So if you. Can you switch character then? Because you've done both, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I've been a heel and I've been a, a, a baby face. And so can you switch heel or switch characters? Yeah, absolutely. And do, does, does it take a lot of work to get your audience to accept you? One way or the other? Yeah. It can. It can. So it depends. It depends. So when I turned heel, um, when I was a bad guy, um, there was a lot of people not ready for it. You know, I had come back from uh, just having a child, and uh, and and a year and a year and a couple of months away. And so when when I came back, they were excited to see me, and and we had to turn all of that on its head. But that's that's also exciting, you know. Like I love the challenge of how do we do this. Is it more fun? Surely it's more oh, it's fun so to be here. Oh, it's so much more fun yeah. to be here. Because you can do no wrong. You can do no wrong. Like if they if they like you because you're being so good at being bad, then great. If they don't like you, great. You know, <laughs> when when you're when you're a good guy, uh, it's a lot harder. And I think I think generally um, people's instinct, I think as a survival instinct, probably is to first off the bat. What, what's this person up to? What do they want? You know, <laughs> we, we question people and we, we make them earn our trust and earn our respect. And so I think that's that's a bit harder. And I think also just the changing of the audience, right? The, the, the culture is always changing. And so um, gone are the days of the good old good old guy that's shaking hands and smiling all the time I think they like people that are a little bit more rough around the edges and have that have that edge and have that um 
ability to to stick up for themselves and like so much of what not you take do, any crap. Yeah, but so much of what you do is performance. Yes, I mean, like it's you, you, you. It's theatrical. It's theatre. It's it's like how much of your regime, your training regime, you know, what you do have to do for for all those massive shows. How much of it is is physical? You know, training your body, and how much of it is practice pra- practicing the theatre of it. Well. Like I said, we're 52 weeks a year. So um, that is the practice. I think getting in front of an audience and even though we have one, two, three, three live tele- televised shows uh, a week, we also have non-televised events. So we're constantly getting to perform. And I think that is the best teacher, being in front of a crowd, understanding what they respond to, what they like, learning how to listen to them. Because I think when you first start you're, you 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 got tunnel vision. This is my plan. This is what I want to do. And you you um, can sometimes lose the ability to listen to what the crowd wants. But when you get more experience, when you've been in the game um, for as long as, as 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 I have, you you learn to listen and you take that into account and you can apply that to your match and your promos. Um, and then and then working out. I work out five days a week. For not very long, at a time, because my body's already taken enough of a beating. Um, you did have a serious injury at one point, didn't didn't you? Um, I recently separated my shoulder. Yeah, so uh, I recently did that at SummerSlam, like I think two or three minutes into the match, completed the match, um, with a with a with a separated shoulder. Yeah, very 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 painful. I'd never had that before. I'd never had um. In WWE, and the whole time I'd been there, I'd never had an injury that had taken me out for for as long as it did. Um, but it's fine now. It's fine. It still, it still looks a little janky, but do, other than that. Do you worry about that? Like, well, could you have a career-ending injury if you, you know, fall the wrong way? Or, like, is that part of the deal? Like, say, you know, National Hunt jockeys would, would see that as part of the part of the deal yeah but you can't think like that yeah you know like it's one of those things where um i think i think somebody used this analogy with me a while ago where you know if uh, jockeys are going they're going they're going and if they look to one side and the horse can trip and then that's lights out for them so you kind of have to keep the blinders on and 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 the thing about what we do is we're well trained to do it and so um and and so we try to minimize that risk as much as possible. Take me back. You're a big, big breakthrough. Am I right on this? It was in 2016, WrestleMania 32. That was that was that was a big breakthrough. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was my first WrestleMania. Okay. Talk to me about that. Like, did you have a sense at that moment that actually this this could be massive? Yes. Yeah. So that at the time was the biggest WrestleMania in history and over 100,000 people in attendance. Live. Live. Like, is that the population of Cork? I think that might be. At one stage, when I was growing up, when we were learning populations, that was the population of Cork. So <laughs> so, so hearing that um, and knowing that I was going out in front of 100,000 people. Well, all of them screaming. All of them screaming was something. This was a game changer of a match because we were changing 
um, the name of the women's title. It had been previously called the Divas title. And uh, for somebody like me, I, I didn't resonate with the term Divas. I didn't, I didn't resonate being called a Diva because being called a Diva, you know, the images uh, arise in your head of, of people looking to pick out the blue M&Ms or whatever. You know, it just for, for me, it sounded like a, a high maintenance um, diva, for lack of a better term. And so um, and so they were they were changing the title to, to women's. And um, and uh, the week before they unveiled this title and it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And um, and the match was a triple threat against myself, Charlotte Flair, and Sasha Banks. And the title, the title was being presented to us by the woman who I looked up to more than anybody in in the business, which was Lita. And uh, and so when I was going out there, I just remember this feeling of calm, like we're about to do this. I'm ready to do this, and I was so unnervous I just remember being like why am I not more nervous this is Wrestlemania and I walked out in front of that crowd and I saw the 100,000 people and I nearly fainted and I realized that I was so nervous that my body probably wouldn't let me know that I was nervous because I'd probably faint and not go out there in the first place <laughs> but it was and, and it was it was a great match we sold the show and I think that was uh, it was it really it really showed people what what we could do, and that we were and that we were equal when given the opportunity, when given the spotlight, when given the ability to that tell the, the people story. Wanted you and and the people wanted us. Okay, you know uh, our random questions. Oh yes, yes, yes. Give me a number between one and twenty. Whew, eleven. Okay. Uh, what can't you live without? My baby, my husband. <laughs> <laughs> You brought, you had your baby there with you. Yes. She's just two? Yeah, she's two. How is the, how do you, and your husband, of course. Yep, is also a wrestler. Seth, Seth Rollins. Rollins. Seth uh, freaking Rollins. Again, huge, huge. In, in, in He's kind of a big deal. Yes. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Um, yep. Best wrestler in the world. MBD. How, I mean, it's, you just said 52 weeks a year, the two of you in the same industry. How do you manage with, with your little one? No sleep. Um, no, no, no. Um, so we're very lucky that we get to bring her on the road with us and um and we have a great support system so we 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 travel in a tour bus and we have a great setup because uh our driver's wife is our nanny and she's amazing and so we all travel like this this big happy circus family you know and she she just uh she's great she just goes with the flow like we tell her we're going on an adventure and she loves running around the airport and she gets to the bus and she has her bus toys and then we go home and she's got her home toys and she's got a grandma and she, you know and so everywhere she goes she's uh she's cared for and she's just surrounded by really great loving people and so we're 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 so so very lucky that we get to do the thing that we love around the world and then and then bring bring our whole little family with us it's great Give me another question because I should have been asking you these questions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Give me another number. Five. Okay, five. Tell me one regret you have in life. Oh, um, gosh, it's hard to it's hard to say regrets, right? Because um, if you change anything, it's a butterfly effect, and then 
you you wouldn't be where you are now. I think for a long time though, I did regret. I gave up wrestling for for seven years, and I regretted that because, um, in many ways, I felt like the prodigal son coming back. Like I felt like I I had this thing, this passion, this thing that I loved, and this gift. But if I'd stayed, there's no telling what would have happened. Maybe I would have gotten signed earlier. Maybe I wouldn't have been ready for it mentally. I would have gotten fired. Like if I didn't do all the things, I wouldn't have gotten my acting degree. I wouldn't have done all the things that allowed me to be good at the thing that I'm doing now. When you came back. Yeah. Why yeah. did you stop? What happened? Um, well, uh, it was a multitude of reasons. Um, I have a very Irish mammy. You met her briefly. <laughs> and and um, and when I was telling her, you know, I want to be a wrestler and I'd moved off to Canada and I was in Japan and I was wrestling around Europe and I was only 19 and... Um, and and, and and I think she was very worried of what's your plan, what's your plan, what's your plan, what's your plan, what's your plan? And that was what she kept saying, what's your plan, what's your plan, what's your plan? I didn't have a plan because I also couldn't point to what we're doing on TV and say, that's what I want to do. Like I Because was, nobody was doing that at that point. Because it no woman was doing exactly, that. Exactly, it didn't exist. And so that that's been what's so important for me is to know that what I'm doing will let the future generations take this and build upon it. And so that the, the, the sky is, is the limit. We're already getting there. And I look at the future um, of women's wrestling and, and I'm amazed. I'm so inspired. It's, it's incredible. The future is so unbelievably bright. But it's, this is still relatively recent because it was 2018, wasn't it? But you, you led the invasion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell people about that. Describe that. I, I was watching that again uh, last night. <laughs> <laughs> so around 2018, I really started to heat up. Um, my character was uh, had turned from this naive baby face to a ass-kicking heel. But the crowd was so ready for it and they were so behind me as this naive baby face that when they finally saw that I wasn't taking any crap no more, they they rallied behind me and so we had a a pay-per-view coming up called survivor series and it was champion versus champion i was the champion of my brand which was smackdown and ronda rousey was champion of her brand which was raw and so there would be a champion versus champion match and then there would be a five on five survivor series match um if you don't know these terms google them folks because you don't have time uh so anyway uh so 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 we had just gotten off a European tour. We were flown into Kansas City last minute. The show had already started. It was pure chaos, but the, but they had this angle at the end where I was going to come out and then the rest of the SmackDown girls were going to jump the Raw girls in the ring and then get into this big brawl and then I'd end up um, beating up Ronda Rousey and we'd leave through the crowd. And so, but when we came and we started I turned one of the girls around and um, her name was Nia Jackson she was a, a, a larger lady probably doubled my weight um, and, and and she turned around and, and just punched me full force in the face and uh, it was very much an accident but it was the greatest accident that ever happened to me because even though I was knocked out on my feet a little bit like I, I remember like taking that punch and going oh no <laughs> and then it all goes black. Um, 
with with little parts interspersed here and there. And so um, I kind of got up and I, I, I remembered what I was supposed to do, but my face was just covered in blood. And I rolled out because I had to get a chair and I, I remember seeing like trainers coming up to me and like somebody giving me a towel and wiping my face and throwing it back at them and then like grabbing the chair and and then I don't really remember. I but I do have images of me standing on top of, of the because I hit all my marks and then I ended up standing on top of the arena um with, with all the crowd going crazy. And me acting like a badass with my face covered in blood, and uh, and 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 it ended up being one of those, um, for lack of a better term, an iconic image in wrestling um, that I have absolutely no recollection of. Really, I remember like walking out through the doors and meeting the security, being like, "Where am I?" <laughs> But that is that was that where the man came from then? The, yeah, the man was. Oh, the man might have been born before then. The man, but that's the, cement, the phrase. Yeah. I I believe was born before then, and then this gave an image to, an image to the movement. Yeah, and it, it is a movement, <laughs> really, isn't it? Like it, like it's not that big, a, too big a word to say it's a movement. This. The sense of you yeah, leading yeah, the yeah. You're trailblazing, leading the way for women in the industry. Yeah, yeah, it, a little bit. I, it really did um, change change the way that people people looked at at at, um, at women in the sport and what they can do. Because I became the hottest act in wrestling, um, and I always wanted to main event WrestleMania. That was always my goal, but I never wanted it to be a courtesy act. I never wanted it to be like, oh, here we go. The women are main eventing WrestleMania. I wanted it to be because there was no other option than us. That that the story was so undeniably good that it was the best story. And I think the best story should always win the main event of WrestleMania. Gender aside. And and that was that was what we got. And that's it. I think people have their have a difficulty getting their head around that idea that winning is not about winning in the sporting term and then getting across the line force or whatever. It's about what you just said there, isn't it? It's about the best story. Exactly. Exactly. It's a it's 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 about getting the best response from the audiences and it's about changing the game. Right now for me it's about changing the game. Can I ask you about like is the sisterhood within uh, women's wrestling now? I mean, have you have you had is has there been a, a Me Too movement in wrestling? Is that part of your that has that because it's been everywhere else, obviously, especially in the entertainment industry. Yeah, there was there was one I believe it was called uh, Speaking Out. I'm really lucky that I have encountered nothing but um, you know, there's been the odd comment here and there, but nothing like nothing crazy. But but I have received nothing but um, encouragement from the men and. Um, I feel like I've been able to go where I've gone because of 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 so much help um, and respect from the men and and because because like I said there hadn't been women that had been where I'd gone before that I needed to learn how to get there from the guys who had gone before and so um, and so it, in general wrestling and WWE it's such it's such a little village and it's such a community and such a family 
because we're with each other more than we're with our own families. I mean, I'm an exception because I actually travel with my family. But for most people, uh, and, and before I had my own family, you know, we're with each other on the road um, four days a week. And so you have to have that bond and that community. You, like, thinking about Katie Taylor yes. and, and Kelly Harrington, like women's boxing is so huge. Female boxing is so huge here right now. And particularly, I suppose, in the professional sphere, Katie being the first woman to um, headline in Madison Garden, you being the first woman to, to do the same in WWE. Do you, uh, do you know Katie? Have you, do you have yeah, a kinship there? Yeah, I was with her um, for um, the day before her, her fight with um, uh, Amanda and uh, we, we, we did a, a hype thing and I introduced her and um, I mean, what an icon. She's a legend, an absolute legend and then so humble. And I was trying to get her out to 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 an event the next week, but I think I think after that match, she she deserved a bit of a rest. Why are Irish? And look at you, your gorgeous red hair. What? And like, do you play off the Irish thing? In I mean, this ain't my real hair color. My, I've got I've got roots bigger than a vegetable garden. Um, D- does it work do though? Does the play... Irish thing? Well. Not that I was playing up to the Irish thing, but I may have had one of the most shameful debuts in WWE history when I came out to a little Irish chick. And I can't do any Irish chicks. Were, were they playing diddly uh, music yeah, at that point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Diddly, diddly, diddly. <laughs> um, do I play up to the Irishness? I, I mean, it's not like the front runner, but I think there is that thing of, of the Irish, you know? It's like, we're done with taking crap. We're done with the oppression. We're done with that. We're done with that and we have that edge and we have that chip on our shoulder and I think I carry that with, but also it's the banter, isn't it? You know, like I think the banter and the... Yeah, because uh, Irish people do well, like you're not the only big Irish name in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got Seamus, we've got Finn Balor, um, but I think it is that it's, 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 it's that, um, it's that banter and also just, God, we're such storytellers, aren't we? You know? Gift to the gab. Gift to the gab. Okay, WrestleMania is coming up again, or yes. will be by the time people are listening to this. Tell me about that, this one coming up. Yeah, so do you remember how I said about Lita um, giving us the title at, at WrestleMania 32? Well, now she's my tag team partner, we're tag team champions of the world, um, which is just, it's just very surreal, you know, that the, the woman who inspired me to do what I'm doing. And now we're going to go in as tag team champions of the world. And uh, we are in a six woman tag against it's it's myself, Lita, Trish Stratus, both two legends, the first uh, women to main event Raw um, and uh, against against damage control. And... You know, I, I have I have those tag titles and, and one of the things that I want to do is change the game with the tag titles. So so I'm wanting to defend those tag titles too. So I'm in a six woman and I'm hoping I can defend those tag titles too because I feel like they need to be represented in their own right at WrestleMania. How many people will watch this WrestleMania? Uh, millions, millions, millions. In attendance, I believe we're almost sold out um, or we are sold out. Are we sold out? Almost sold out. Uh, I think 80, 80, 90,000 per night. So there's two nights of WrestleMania now and 80, 90,000. Just these figures are mind-blowing too. I know, I know. 
it's extraordinary. Like it's yeah. such a massive industry, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're the we're the biggest entertainment um, live event entertainment company in the world. In the world. In the world. In the world. Nobody's done what we and do. And you, Becky, are one of the biggest names kind in that industry. <laughs> I mean, okay, one more. I did one... all right. I did all right uh, from a, a girl from Bal Doyle. <sighs> For sure. Um, one more random question. Go on. Oh, oh, gosh, three. What lesson have you had to learn the hard way? One. <laughs> One. God, I think uh, I think it's it's the lesson we are eternally learning, um, or not all of us, but I think many of us is is to always trust our instincts. Um, I think that we so often doubt ourselves and whatever that thing is that whether it's society or 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 whatever other voices that we have in our head that go uh but maybe you're wrong but maybe to actually just do it you know, you know all the voices that we have that tell us that we're wrong for whatever whatever reason we feel a certain way we end up justifying it um and i've always found that i never go oh i wish i didn't trust my gut you know you always go, I wish I trusted my God. Why didn't I just listen to myself? Why didn't I just trust myself? And I think um, that's probably the hardest lesson I've had to learn and probably will continue to learn because I think it's a, it's a, it's a lifelong lesson. Would you like your little girl to, to go into this world? If that's what she wants to do. If that's what she wants to do. Um, I think... Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think you can't, you can't predict what your kids gonna want to do. I don't think my mom certainly ever would have expected that I would be a I'd wrestler. Say, I, I'd be a fairly good guess that you, this is a bit of a surprise to your mom. It's a, it was a bit of a surprise to my ma. She wanted me to be a lawyer, but here I am. And um, yeah, I think, I think, I think, fighting against my mom not wanting me to wrestle, I think I go well. Whatever she wants to do, you have to support and encourage that because one way or another they're either going to find their way back to it or or they're going to wish that they did and so i i think you got to remember that they're not living your life and and so yeah i think i just hope that i'll, I'll i hope i hope i'll be able to encourage her and support her in whatever she does of course i i don't, <laughs> I don't know what teen years are going to bring but um but but i hope whatever she wants to do will will make her happy what next for you? Who knows? Um, who knows? I have I have a little left in the tank, and then and then um, I got my degree in acting. It's something that I've been doing a little bit of lately. I you know that snagged in my brain when you said it, and I thought, is that have you have you thought about a career? Well, th that's what I did my degree in uh, here in in uh, DIT in Rathmines and in Columbia College in Chicago. And so, uh, I'm not really good at much else other than performing. So <laughs> I think I'm okay at writing. I have a book coming out um, next year too. But um, yeah, yeah, either either something in 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 line of of acting, performing. Tell me about the book. Always be in the entertainment industry. I think the book. Yes. Yeah, just my biography. Brilliant. Yeah. 
But you've written yourself. You I've haven't had a ghostwriter for us. No, I wrote. I wrote it myself. And so, um, where do you get time to write a biography? So very slow, very slow increments as often as possible. You know, so so I would just try to steal an hour or two, or if I had half an hour here or there or whatever, um, and and just write as often as I could until it amounted to a book. And then you go back and change it, and then you're like, "Oh, I don't like this." And then you're going back, and and then I I took a, a writing course, and I've just finished it, um, or about to finish it. It was a year long writing course, and so originally I started, and I was like, "I am a great writer. I am the best. I am the best writer." James Joyce, move over. And then I took this writing course, and then I realized how much I didn't know about writing, and then I realized how bad my writing was, and now I've been able to go back and change it. And so it was like simultaneously the best and the worst thing that I've ever done. But um, but I like to kind of constantly keep pushing my boundaries of what I can do and learn new skills as I go along. What are you going to call us? Have you got a name for us? I don't know. Probably the man. The man. Okay. Not your average average girl. Uh, will you take one more random question for me? Because I just love talking to you so much. Um, I don't want to let you go. One more. Wh- what haven't I? I'm trying to go through my lucky number seven. Oh. <laughs> what did you want to be when you grew up? A vet was my first one. A vet was my first one. An actor was my second one. A lawyer was my third one. And um, and then a wrestler. And somewhere in there was a shopkeeper just because I thought then you just get to eat loads of sweets. I wanted to be an air hostess at one point oh, and I think you? you actually got to do that. Did I did. You? I did get to be an air hostess. I never wanted to be an air hostess, but I got to be one. Uh, okay. Becky Lynch, thank you so much. Thank you. I so enjoyed that. Thanks for having me. And that was Becky Lynch. Subscribe now to get new episodes on your feed when they're published and get in touch if there's someone you'd like to hear features. On Twitter, we're at RT Upfront or send us a WhatsApp message to 087 677 1000. Talk to you next week.